Hey everybody, welcome to the Evoke Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Hausler. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. These short 8 to 15 minute podcasts cover a wide range of topics to help you get faster. Whether you're looking to win a national championship, finish Leadville, crush Tulsa Tough, get on a Gravel Worlds podium, or simply drop your friends. If we've never met, I'm the co-founder and president of Evoke Bike. I've been coaching athletes since 2010, and I've trained with power for over 150,000 miles. I've also won three Masters National Championships, but I'm mostly proud of my nearly 100 Pro 1 podiums simply because it shows my consistency in the game and my hunger to get better for not only myself, but the Evoke community, which includes you. If you enjoy these podcasts, please leave us a review on Apple or follow and download the episodes from Spotify. And if you want to take your support to the next level, please click the support link at the bottom of this podcast where your donation will help us pay for everything that helps to keep this free podcast going. Now to the show. So you're headed to this really big crit. It's a really prestigious one in your area, or I should actually say in your area of racing. It's about a three-hour drive, four-hour drive from you. It's going to be a big field. There's 80 to 100 people in it. The course is a pretty good one for you. It's dynamic. It's not just a four-corner crit. There's going to be a hard right and then a little stair step, not really a climb, but enough that if you're dangling off the back, you can get dropped, followed by a left-hand turn with a sweeping downhill. So the speed is definitely going to be high there. And then the last corner really isn't a corner. It's more of a soft left, we'll say, into the finish line. It's going to be super fast. You're not really a pure sprinter. Most cyclists aren't. There's very few pure sprinters, in my opinion, that can really bank on a sprint win. But you can definitely win from a smaller group. And you've heard that breakaways can get away sometimes mid-race on that stair step area. So just like any crit, you want to be up front but not on the front. You're not pulling the group, but you're close enough that you can always launch. You're always thinking, can I follow a dangerous-looking move? Can I be active? Can I do something? You're definitely keeping track of why are you pedaling? Every pedal stroke should have purpose behind it. And whether that's because you're bridging a gap, maybe you're moving up within the peloton. If you're not moving up, you are moving back. You know, there's that front section that is a little bit less of a washing machine than the middle. And the back is just where you're going to be tail gunning. You're not even in the race. You're not, if when guys go up the road, you might not even see them go up the road. About halfway through, you are getting active. A few different moves go up the road that it's only, you know, one person taking a flyer off the stair step and then they get caught on the downhill. A couple guys go, they get caught. You find yourself in a move of five people and it looks like, because because the course is so fast, it's one of those times where you don't get out of sight right away, right? You kind of have the gap, the four other riders with you you're all taking hard pulls quickly glancing back you know the group is definitely chasing but at some point that rubber band is going to snap and people are going to get tired of chasing you 
or they're going to look at each other for that split second, maybe just at the top of the that stair step, and you guys go, you know, get it. I don't want to say away, but get a big enough gap that you're thinking, okay, I'm committing to this move. This this has some legs to it. And next thing you know, you guys are 20 seconds up, and because of the corners on the course. You don't really see them, but you hear the announcer. I mean, it's a big crit. There's a lot of people there. And, you know, the announcer will will hopefully be giving some time gaps or someone on the side. Now you have to really take inventory. Who are these people? You've traveled four hours. You don't really know them. You heard about one guy. One guy is a younger kid, and people said he was super strong. So what does that mean, though? I mean, he's taking really good pulls. He looks pretty strong. Can he sprint, though? Do you take him to a sprint? Or what happens if you attack on that stair step? Now you're betting that if you attack, most likely those two guys are going to work together to chase you down. And then they've got the downhill. It's a couple corners. Like, that might just be too far away. Is the other option... A sprint finish, you don't really want to sprint. How? Where can you surprise them? I don't know if we're confident enough in our ability to hold an entire lap by ourselves. Some courses you can. If you hit somebody at the right time, it's all about the timing of getting away as opposed to how fast you're getting away. I guess said differently, if there's a course where you can get out of sight and out of mind – you have a better chance of staying away. This one, because you're going to probably go slower than them on the stair step, it's a really tough call. So what do you do? You just need to keep taking inventory of how are the other guys riding. The other rider, you don't even know, but he's on a big team from a huge city near you. He most likely is at least decent. He's made the break in this huge crit. He's riding well. He has the pedigree you could say of this big team again you're not a pure sprinter you've won from small groups it's just figuring out what is your best bet how do you where do you do this and sometimes it's by process of elimination can you solo away from these guys because of the stair step and the fast downhill two guys pulling on that downhill will definitely you've been surprised at how fast you've been going down the downhill and through those last two corners that you don't think you can hold the entire lap if you were to try and hit him over the head with an attack. So now work your way backwards. Or you could even look at the last lap. Again, the stair step. You're just not, you're more of an FTP rider. Meaning you're good at time trials. You don't have this huge surging power that you can make a massive blast over it and then still maintain power. You're now realizing, hmm, this might be a weakness for future that I need to work on. So if I'm not going to take it to the stair step, maybe do I get to the top of the stair step and try and hit him? Like maybe a guy pulls and then I hit him as I'm coming across the top into the downhill and sweeping turns. It still seems a little long. Like maybe that's a match I don't want to burn. If the other guy gets right on my tail, then he might not want to pull with me. Hmm. Well, what? A, how can I surprise them through the sweeping turns? You know, it's it's that left at the top. You come down and take a left, and then it's a sweeping left. I think I could take that full gas. 
I'm pretty sure I could take it full gas. It's, you know, we've been going. I noticed when I was in the Peloton, it was at quite a scary turn still, but that's because there were 80 of us. You know, let's try and take one lap super fast and see how it feels. Experiment a little bit. You go flying through that turn and you're pretty convinced that, the, you know, looking around this one guy's pedal stroke, you've now been off the front with the two of them for 20 minutes. He's definitely getting tired. He's almost at his limit. The young kid, though, still looks pretty good. It go in the pace line, you are behind the guy who is looking a bit weak. You know what I think the best move is here? When the kid is pulling, right when he pulls off, he'll just have done his turn. That's when you're going to attack because he'll be at his weakest moment. The other guy is most likely weaker because he's looking like he's been just working hard. He's the guy that you're going to bet on being the least likely to chase you right off the bat. And I think that as you come around, the attack is not going to be based on the course. The attack is going to be based on this pace line. So this whole scenario actually played out to me in my last Cat 2 race at Chris Thader. It's a huge crit in upstate New York. It used to be, at least. It was a huge NRC crit. Um, I was in my second year of cycling, and everyone said, if you can win the Cat 3, Chris Thader, it's a huge deal. And I had actually got to Cat 2 by then, and it was a 2-3 race. And there were a lot of teams from New York City and a lot of teams from Philly, and I was super intimidated, but luckily made this break. And it all came down to, when do I go? And in the last lap, I was waiting for a time. We were rotating, pulling off to the left when this young guy uh, who it was so random, someone before the race was like, yo, that dude's really good. And he's in the break with me. And so it kind of got in my head, but I thought I've been training. I'm going to show this kid who's really good. And you kind of need some of that cocky confidence sometimes. And it's believing in yourself. And he pulled off. Very quickly one time after that left-hand turn, and we were still kind of like rolling up. We just didn't have enough speed to like really hit him. And so the next guy pulled through. He's looking very fatigued. I pull through. And it actually took two more cycles, and we were coming down towards the soft left. And I thought, I think these guys might wait for the sprint. If this guy pulls off right about now, I'm just going to hit him and it's going to be just five to ten. I couldn't, it, it was, it's going to be a handful of pedal strokes, full gas into this turn, come screaming around it and just sprint to the finish. And right as he pulled off to the left, I attacked from the right side. So around the right of the guy in front of me before he even started taking his pull. Full gassed it, screamed around the corner, sprinted, and I was looking for someone to be coming around my side. I actually, I never posted up because I looked, I'd actually drop them, but I was so nervous that someone was coming that I sprinted across the finish line. And I mean, it was the best victory I had had to date. And I want to post this one today because. While I don't claim, there's no way to claim like how do you analyze races the best? How do you think about races? But I think people in talking to people about post-race 
race brain don't think about it enough you know how do you calculate when you're going to go it's not always based on the course it's based on what the riders are doing it's based on the composition of the riders it's based on other people's motivation it's based on how many people are in the break with you what teams are in the break with you how are you feeling that day what are your strengths what are the what are the things you know versus what are the things you have to gamble on there's just so many things and obviously this could have played out in different ways and my brain could have thought of things in different ways and there's a lot of really fast micro calculations that you're trying to make because you're planning from different points on the course at different times and your opponents are changing. The chess pieces never change on a chessboard, but these ones do. They get tired, they get cranky, they argue amongst each other, they start thinking of their own plans. And so in going through a process like this, the best way that you can get better at this is racing and towing the line. And so there have been other podcasts where it's motivating you to go do an event that you might not normally want to do or you might be intimidated to do. If you followed me on Instagram, I almost didn't do Carter County Road Race, the Roan Grown Road Race. I Chris, it was his birthday. I was off the bike for five days, came back, didn't feel great. And even my mom said, well, wouldn't it be good to go learn the course? So if you ever go back, I learned so much that day, not only about the course, but about some good places to attack. Of course, I attacked super early. I just wanted to get in a break with rally there with Steven and Nate Brown. I wasn't having any grandiose visions of out climbing them, but I thought, hmm, maybe if I get in the right break, we get up the road far enough and people make those guys pull and they're like, you know what, screw this local race. We're not doing all the work. Maybe we could stay away. Well, we didn't, but I learned a lot and I'm actually really looking forward to that race again next year. It's one that I probably will never win, but with my team now, I think we could do some damage and I'd love to be a part of the winning team there. So going was great even though I didn't feel at my best or it wasn't optimal or it's not the best course for me like I learned a lot about myself too and um, some things I'm not going to say in this podcast because they would be tips for people that might listen to this that might race me there (laughs) but yeah I'm looking forward to that one it's really and it's a really hard day I like big days on the bike and it's a huge one so Get the race brain going. Start thinking about things. Racing will be here before you know it. I don't think you need to start training for racing. I have another good pod coming. An athlete just asked a bunch of good questions about, you know, I have some random some random workouts thrown in, sprinkled in amongst the base, and I maybe didn't do a good job of explaining why those are there. So I'm excited to post about that. And yeah, 2022, we're about to have a team meeting for VeloBrew. Pumped to see the things that we cook up in that kitchen. Hope you have a great week. See ya.